What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Game Informer Show, a weekly podcast covering the video game industry. Join us every Thursday for a discussion about the latest gaming news, reviews, and exclusive reveals alongside Game Informer staff and special guests from around the industry. I'm your host, Alex Van Aken, and today I am joined by Marcus Stewart. How you doing, Marcus? I'm doing great. Getting ready for Christmas. Yeah, we have, what, two days till we're off for the break? Wait, I haven't done any shopping yet. Oh, no. Oh, no. See, I'm the bad kid. I'm the bad child. I never bring gifts home when I come home. I'm like, I bought a $1,000 flight to come home. My <laughs> gift is my present is my presence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you get gifts? Yeah. I was going to say. <laughs> but I'm always the one who has to travel. Okay? And I'll give, like, my brothers, like, game codes. and I give, like, the kids stuff. Because they all like games, and we usually have like extra codes lying around. I'm like, here, uh, here's, you know. You're the cool uncle. Yeah, but for my brothers. Okay. I don't have any nephews yet. Right. Or nieces. They could, or, or I don't have any. My brothers have not had Spawn yet, you know. Right. Um, it's a race. They're just, yeah. Exactly. Well, one of them's like 15, so I hope not. But, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's looking at us be like, where, where are the... When's the next generation going to come? And I'm like, I don't know. But I'm realizing this is a podcast about video games. And I shouldn't be talking about this, Marcus. <laughs> Your bloodline. <laughs> but welcome to the show. Uh, also joined by Charles Hart. Hello, Charles. Hello. I'm really tired because I stayed up too late playing Vampire Survivors on the Steam Deck. Oh, nice. Do it. I got it three days ago on Steam Deck, and it has ruined my sleep schedule. Yeah. I'm some. I think what last week was the first time I tried it, and yeah, it's it's um it's got its hooks in me. I think. Yeah. Have you dreamt uh, about it yet? No, I haven't. Yes. Thank God. Oh, <laughs> oh you Charles have. has. <laughs> it's not. It wasn't a good dream. Like when you're playing it, it's a nice, fun, happy time. But something about mm. the dream was very stressful. Of like, you know, I just got to get enough power ups to survive. Whenever I cook with garlic, though, I do. You know. Mm-hmm. have flashbacks if i die in a dream i die in real life yeah <laughs> love that i did used to have an apartment infested with bats and if <laughs> cooking with I garlic i had a house infested with bats yo bat right, let's go kindred spirits you know what's wild <laughs> is that i had a condo and it's like the it's like house condo apartment like we're totally in line oh. <laughs> and like i uh in my bedroom i had bats in my roof in Hell our condo yeah. yeah look at us batman Mine I remember the hearing walls. my mom scream one time because she opened the closet door and a bat flew out at her. And that's how we realized that we had a bat infestation. That's yeah. traumatic. I have a lot of bats in my area. I see them every night when I'm on my walk. <laughs> when you're, when you're, you know, I don't know where I was they, going with that. They but. fly dangerously <laughs> close to my head. And I'm always afraid they're just oh, going to, like, I know what they're doing. But I feel like they're, I'm going to get, like, a stupid bat that just flies right at me. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. I feel like a lot of bats are smart, though. So they'll probably... I feel like they're like a, a species known for their intellect, right? Uh, are I they? mean, Batman's really smart. So I was like, are you just conflating yeah, it right. with Bruce yeah. Wayne? Like, <laughs> like, they literally have a detective representing them. So, yeah. Uh, rounding us out this week, special guest, editor of this very show, Matt Storm, a.k.a. DJ Stormageddon. How you doing, Matt? I'm good. Thank you for having me back. I'm excited to be back on the show. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Yeah. Uh, and thanks for... 
Thanks for keeping the lights on for me all these weeks. Do you have Happy a bat do story? It. Yeah, do you have a bat story? Um, I, I mean, I never had a home with a bat, but I guess in the evolution, I, as a kid, lived near a park, a public park in the, the cul-de-sac I lived in, and that park had an infestation of bats. And if you, you, went go, out, you, know? you went out at night, they'd sometimes like dive at you, like Marcus was saying, and it's really Whoa. scary. Home is where the heart is. Yeah, you know? They fly <laughs> erratically enough where you just you never know where they're going to end up. Could could come at you at any time. Yeah, I love love bats very much. <laughs> um, so today we're going to be talking about uh, our most anticipated games of 2023. We've each brought five entries with us. We did coordinate, so there aren't there isn't any overlap, so we don't have to like you know. Is this like a potluck? Did did some of my picks? Yeah, I guess it is a like video a pot game luck. potluck. We all were like, "Hey, make sure you don't bring sweet potatoes." I'm bringing the sweet potatoes, you know. Yeah, and if two people bring sweet potato casserole, it's like, ooh, well, now which one's better? You have yeah. to duke it out, you know. Yes, it's like that with video games, I guess. <laughs> But before we before we get into the show, I did want to do some housekeeping. I know the show's format has been kind of a little all over the place lately because it's just been like games, 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 and it's like okay, we have to keep this show running and at a you know some sort of a uh, appropriate length. Uh, so we've kind of been like throwing housekeeping in at the very end. I want to do something a little different this week. Throw it in at the beginning and just say thank you everybody for listening this year. This is not our last episode of the year, but it's the second to last. Uh, we're about to all go off for the holidays. Game Informer is. Um, and, you know, we've got a great present here. We've got a five-star review from Con Man of York over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, and they get they left us a five-star review saying, Amazing. The comedy and time they put into this incredible podcast is impeccable. I would rate it higher, but it won't allow me. Six out of five, I would nominate 100%. Thank you, Con Man of York. We appreciate that that kind review. Um, of course, if you go and leave us a podcast review, uh, we will uh, give you a shout out and say thanks. As long as it's a, a nice one. I've had a couple <laughs> mean ones lately that I'm not going to read off. You know, I, I read them, but if they're not constructive, I'm not going to read them off on the show. Okay. So if you've got something nice to say, something constructive to say about the show, how we can improve it, how we can make your listening experience better. Go and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It really does help us out and, uh, you know, helps us helps us within the the algorithm as it is. Um, but, yeah, uh, again, we are going to be off for the next, uh, you know, undisclosed amount of time. Uh, but there will be uh, content up every single day throughout the end of the year over on the website. So we've even got podcasts rolling out. So. It'll be like we're we're still here, even though we're not. I personally will probably be playing World of Warcraft um, alone, you know. The addiction in the it's bedroom back. of my in the yeah, in the bedroom of my wife's uh, grandma's house because that's where we're staying. Um, but yeah, you know, you will still get content from us even though we're gone. Uh, but we will see in the new year. We just announced our new cover story, and we're gonna have that be the first episode of the new year. Our cover discussion, uh, but it is Dead Island Two. Wes and I flew out to Nottingham, England, uh, and met with Dam Buster Studios, and uh, we got to play Dead Island to ourselves for about seven, eight hours, something like that. It was a full day of, of playing the game, hands-on, and we captured all of that as well. So we've got hours and hours of gameplay. We're going to be breaking out into uh, relevant videos 
Uh, we've got a lot of cool interviews. We did this really neat. Uh, we filmed a recording session for of the sound designers, and we watched them uh, bring some sounds to life and kind of showcased them beating the crap out of fruits with like barbecue Wolverine claws. Um, it, it, it was a fun time. Of course, we got the rapid fire as well. And we've got a, uh, a very awesome cover story you can go and read in the magazine and supplemental features on the website. Uh, head over to GameInformer.com slash island 2 uh, to read and see all of that as it comes out. I'll say from the video front uh, end of things, that won't start rolling out until the first week of January. But uh, yeah, you will like what you see, I think. I was pleasantly surprised by what I played. I think I went into it thinking... This game has been in development hell for years. It's, it's changed hands uh, two times, um, and I was pleasantly surprised. I thought the game was quite fun um, as somebody who, again, was pretty skeptical. And, yeah, I can't wait to talk about it more alongside Wes and uh, to share all of our thoughts on the game. But uh, that's going to do it for housekeeping. Let's dive in to our most anticipated games of 2023. Marcus, we're going to go to you first. Okay. So we'll do you, Charles, Matt, me. And we'll each cycle through, go one at a time. But tell me your first, the first entry, I guess, on your on your list. So my first entry is Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, which is mm. uh, part two of Final Fantasy VII Remake. This is uh, moving beyond Midgar into... Uncharted territory, uh, especially narratively, you know, without getting into specifics, if you've played Remake and saw the ending, uh, even if you're a Final Fantasy VII fan, you know that pretty much all bets are off at this point. Um, The story has diverged to a point now where kind of anything can happen, it seems, or at least that's what they're setting up. So I'm super excited for this. I I love the Remake. I think that they... I think for me, they did the best possible thing they could do with a remake of like not only being faithful to the original, but changing it up where it just doesn't feel like a retread. Because I'm kind of at a mind. It of like, justifies its own existence. Yeah, because I, I don't mind like a faithful remake. But I, I as I got older, I'm kind of more like, oh, if I wanted that same thing again, I would just go play or watch the thing, you know, so take some chances and do something wacky and. Final Fantasy VII Remake definitely does that. I'm not saying it all all of it works, but I think most of it works. Uh, so, yeah, and also just uh, coming off of the the uh, the Yuffie DLC and sort of the the way they expanded the combat, at least with her, I thought was amazing, and I'm excited to get more of that because I would assume she would join the party in uh, Rebirth, and I just want to play as her with you know the rest of the party there. So. Yeah, they said it's winter next year, so it sounds like it's going to be pretty late in the year. Hopefully it is still 2023 and doesn't slip to 2024. But for now, yeah. you know, between this and FF16, it, it's a pretty good year to be a Final Fantasy fan, it looks like. <laughs> I always confuse, I always, when people say Yuffie, I forget that that's a DLC and that it's not a, the One Piece character, which is what, Yuffie? No, Luffy. Luffy, sorry. Yeah, see, I get it. I get them confused all the time. Yeah, fair, but, similar. Yeah, I, I'm. I think I'm most curious about if they're going to hit hit 2023, like you said. Like, I don't know. We'll see. But uh, that is a great first entry, Marcus Charles. 
Over to you. Over to me. What was first on my list? Oh, Fire Emblem Engage. That's a good choice. Yeah. I uh, I guess kind of a late comer to the Fire Emblem. Well, not super late. I, I started the first Fire Emblem game I played was Awakening, which I think was a 2012 oh, yeah. release. And I've always been surprised by how every game is so different from the last one. Like, I feel like it'd be very easy to, I don't know, Pokemon it, where you just kind of change the story and change the playable characters. And then that's all that happens. And I feel like they've made such like radical variations from game to game. Um, Engage is one where um, now there's these magic rings you can use to like fuse with the spirits of the ghost of Fire Emblem past of you know they and they got everyone they got marth they got uh lucina they got uh lynn and just all all these characters and i've honestly been trying to not see too much of it because it's one of those things where i kind of want to go in relatively blind but um yeah i'm excited for that is the uh engaged subtitle i haven't kept like a super close eye on this game but it might have believe that it's like marital engaged like that's what they're it's referencing and that's what the year the, the ring stuff it's like you're marrying <laughs> spirits i could i couldn't tell you i don't think you're marrying the spirits i did make a joke <laughs> about how like the main character in that game kind of has like colgate toothpaste hair so they're yeah. like oh they're yeah. like engage mint <laughs> yeah. rings. The, the awful colgate flavor too yeah. right who um, gets the red toothpaste nobody. It's like the yeah. cinnamon one, right? <laughs> oh, Ugh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, you you go in the trailer. They go engage. Like you have to say it to activate the power, which I don't think you necessarily do every time. But they like. I, I think it's just activating it. I guess it sounds like engaging in battle, like that yeah. kind of thing. That's what I thought that it the title. Were, I mean, I guess maybe it has a double <laughs> meaning, but uh, it could. Yeah, yeah. I'm excited for that one too. I three houses was my first fire emblem ever and i loved oh. it uh but i think i enjoyed it because of all the social link nonsense you know like the m- developing relationships all the narrative stuff um i like the tactics but it wasn't my favorite part of it so i'm curious because mm-hmm. i've heard this is more true to like previous fire emblems like it's more tactical it's le- it still has that stuff but it's less of it but i still want to try it because i it's a series i wanted to get into for a while and three houses was so approachable i'm hoping engage is still approachable even if it's more tactical yeah with with three houses it, it was that's a great example of like i feel like every entry has been so different where they announced it and i was like how the heck are they going to do a school mechanic and then i did it and i'm like i can never play a non-school fireball game <laughs> but that'll be a thing i guess awesome matt how about you um, so, uh, my fifth pick, they're sort of numbered in like most anticipated, but not really is Octopath Traveler two. Um, I loved the first one. Uh, I am a sucker. I am a mark for the 2d HD style, any game in that style. I loved live alive this year. It was one of my favorite games of the year. Um, and so, and Octopath Traveler was one of the first ones to really do that style. And I fell in love with it. I didn't love how the stories didn't, they, they crossed over, but like not super well it was mostly eight individual stories i'm hoping in the sequel they're more interlinked but i loved the combat i loved the style the voice acting and the music was great and so i never expected to get i thought it was going to be like a spin-off one and done for square enix the fact that it's becoming a series makes me really excited and i'm hoping it kind of is like a new final fantasy series like each game is different they're not connected to the previous games but maybe there's some overarching lore or cliches that carry over so i think that'll make it more approachable for folks who maybe didn't play the first one also yeah, I'm excited for that one. I, The first one, I felt like definitely 
I love for one, I love like the scale of the bosses in that game. But I, I felt like they had some, you know, learning pains to get through. And I feel like, you know, pretty confident that like Octopath Two is gonna like really come out swinging. Um because like despite those learnings i feel like they had to go through like the game is still good it was like really 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 solid um and i enjoyed it and the soundtrack oh, was unbelievable awesome. yeah it seems those games have done very well for them surprisingly because i you know octopath came to xbox on game pass now but uh and even hearing like when triangle strategy came out which also uses that same style hearing that that was like a sales success within like the first month it's like oh, okay this, these games have an audience in a way that maybe some people didn't expect them to have yeah, I think it's also because so many people have the Switch, and all the Switch pe- users are buying those games in a scale that like other Nintendo consoles maybe not so much. But now they just need to do Chrono Trigger in that style. Yeah. Really oh my cool. God, please, Marcus, I, I, from your like, mouth to the gaming god's ears. <laughs> <laughs> favorite game of all time. If I could get that in 2D HD, I'd be I'd be all in. That's rad. I do want to. We mentioned the soundtrack a few times. My number one Spotify artist in 2020 was the composer of the Octopath Traveler soundtrack because that's awesome. It was the soundtrack to my D&D game. And I didn't <sighs> know that you could like set your listening party to private. Um, so I was in like the top top 1% listeners of Yasunori Nishiki. <laughs> um, Amazing. So that's my my gamer this is the only kind of podcast i could brag about that on <laughs> he's gonna call you up he's gonna be like who's this guy that really likes my music <laughs> yeah he was 90 percent of my streams last year uh i'm gonna get the obvious one out of the way for myself zelda tears of the kingdom my god i can't wait i i it uh yeah what, what's to say like, we've talked about this game so many times on the show uh i just want it out i i just want to see uh, how we fully explore that world, you know, with the air, the airborne stuff, you know, how th- there's just so much like what's going on with Mountain Doom or Mount. Yeah, Mount, not Mount Doom. God, not <laughs> <Mount>. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> wrong game, dude. Uh, but no, like I, I just want to see like how all the changes to the map work and uh, what's up with with Ganon, uh, Ganondorf. Are we playing as like a a version of Ganondorf? Like there's so many theories uh, that have kind of been circling this game since its announcement. Yeah, I'm really, really excited to dive into Hyrule again. And that 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 version of of Zelda made me like a Zelda fan. Um, I've I've written about. It. I did a I did a video on it actually about my history with the series and you know uh, how I didn't have access to a lot of the games. Um, and Breath of the Wild really hit me at a time um, at the perfect time and made me a, 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 an actual fan of the series and kind of sent me down the rabbit hole. So yeah, I, I cannot wait for, for tears. I'm trying to, I'm trying not to say breath of the wild too. For <laughs> tears of the kingdom, that breath of the wild. I, I probably play it once a year for like a significant amount of time. And uh, yeah, love that game. Can't wait. Yeah. I'm excited to see them finally be maybe the first developer to truly iterate on that formula because you know, there's been games that have come out that have been inspired by it, but they've all been inspired by Breath of the Wild, you know? Mm. So to see Nintendo be like, okay, we've had years of, like, not only reflecting on our stuff, but maybe looking at what everyone else has done, maybe Elden Ring, perhaps, and saying, like, all right, this is the next big step in this sort of, like, style. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I over see- six, can you believe it'll be over six years? I know. That's wild. I Also, I wonder... 
every time Zelda's had a direct sequel, think like Link to the Past to Link Between Worlds on the 3DS, think uh, Ocarina of Time to Majora's Mask, there's always been like a wacky mechanic or something wildly different from the game it's based on, like when they do those kind of stylistic direct sequels. And so I'm like, Traveling to the Sky is something, but we've had that in other games. I'm, there's going to be a twist we're not seeing until the game is out. And that's what I'm really excited for to see like what kind of creative shit they pull out for this. I'll bleep that later. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, that's my pick. Uh, so, Marcus, we will go over to you for number two. All right, number two. And these aren't ranked for me, by the way, if you are wondering. Um, but uh, it's the first one on my list that's going to come out maybe for anything else that we say is uh, Atomic Heart. Yeah. Which comes out uh, late February. I'm so curious about that game, man. Yeah, and we've t- it's another game we've talked about on the yeah. GI show a bunch of times, right? Like, I think, Alex, you and I are kind of in lockstep of saying, like, this game feels like it's either going to be amazing or just a colossal letdown. <laughs> and yeah. it's like, it feels like as we get closer to it and the more they show it, there's no one between, which is, like, mm-hmm. concerning. Because it's like, it should be fine that if it just comes out that it's just okay. But there's something about the promise of this game where, like, being just okay doesn't feel like it's going to be enough. Like, we want this to be like almost like a bioshock level of like oh this is like change the game for like narrative first person shooters you know and i think a lot of it's because it's it's clearly got some bioshock ish uh dna in there but um you know that most recent trailer the game awards looked great and yeah this is one of those games where like i never need to see it again i just need to play it like i'm sold i've been Mm -hmm. beyond sold in this game for like two years or however long it's been around now and yeah it's exciting to think that it's like two months away and i'm like crossing my fingers that it doesn't get delayed i mean if it needs to be delayed and delay it but like i want to play this game it looks so wild yeah (laughs) Uh, i can't wait right there with you uh charles what's your next one uh next one oh this is this is one i'm i'm kind of hesitant about but i i wanted to add it because i i do think i am excited uh is forespoken which i think is a january release yeah uh, uh yes um i played the demo um and i was into it i i think a lot of the reception i got was people weren't into it uh they didn't really like the dialogue there was definitely some like lighting issue in the demo but there's something about it i and i can't i can't really put it into words it just scratches this like 13 year old YA itch in my brain of like, I just, as I'm playing it, I'm like, Oh, you know, 13 year old Charles would have thought this is the coolest, best game in the whole world. And I don't know. I really like how the magic looks when I was kind of traversing the world. I had like a fun time with that. That's also a big thing for me is uh, we'll talk about a different game that will have my favorite traversal ever. But when there's an open world, I have to, I want it to be fun to like, actively move around it like i don't i don't have any issue with horses but like i feel like a lot of the time it's like you just get on the horse you ride from point a to point b and that's fine and that's cool but like something like this where you can like you know vault over stuff or like assassin's creed parkour or even like mario odyssey and all like the wacky jumps you can do there it's a big deal for me so i'm hoping this comes out and a lot of people's reservations of it are you know relieved when it comes out and it's actually really good. I hope. I don't think any of us want bad games to release. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, one I'm probably the most nervous about. Mm-hmm. Although I, I'll, I'll say, like, even if a game is bad, you know, there can be value in it. And uh, I think about this a lot 
actually like I'm working on like my own game dev projects and just like learning and I've told myself like okay if I release something then that's something to be proud of and it, my game could get like panned if people even reviewed it like is it even worth reviewing right if it did and I got panned I'd still be like satisfied with myself for like putting out like publishing a project yeah because um, it's should. like it's like you know um following through and so anyways out of the little tangent about mediocre games i guess like I, I i personally would still be proud as somebody to put out a a mediocre game just it's i feel like it's a miracle that you can publish a game yeah <laughs> at all uh, yeah. Uh, yeah especially yeah. one of that of that scope yeah yeah i i hope that game's good I I've played it at Tokyo Game Show. I downloaded the demo that came out and played a bit of it, but not much because it was pretty much the same demo that I played in Japan. So I was like, okay, it still feels the same, which is concerning. I was like, I still not totally sold on the feel of that game, but I think the traversal is pretty fun. There's just something about the, I don't know. It still feels a little messy, like com- yeah, the I combat. Totally yeah, it's some of the traversal stuff. So I'm hoping that gets tightened up in that the ps5 demo they put out was maybe just that demo and it's been fixed since uh whenever tokyo game show was october <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah fingers crossed awesome uh matt how about you my next one was uh briefly mentioned earlier but i am very excited for final fantasy 16 the final fantasy series and i have an interesting relationship i like a lot of it but i haven't finished a lot of it um at the beginning of 2022 on my video game podcast i i stated that i was going to play more and finish more that amounted to me finally finishing final fantasy 9 which has become my favorite i really loved it and finishing the base game and the first post and the post patch for final fantasy 14 um, and then starting the first expansion, which I loved. I just don't have enough hours in the day to play an MMO Final Fantasy. And then I like I started restarted thirteen again and like dabbled with some other stuff. I want to go back to fifteen, but they're just they're such dense games. Like, but I fit, like Final Fantasy seven is one of my favorite games of all time. I love Chrono Trigger. Like, I'm an RPG person. I just something with Final Fantasy. I not played a lot of the classic ones. But there's something about 16 that feels a approachable, but b just more interesting than anything that's come before. And I don't, I don't think it's because other things did something wrong. I think there's just something in the genetic material of this new game. Well, a, it's going to be first party PS5, and it's going to look incredible. And like graphically, 15 and even 13 look really great for their generation of consoles, and so they're always at the forefront for that. But also the music's going to be great. It always is. And there's something about this mechanic they're showing where, like, the heroes fuse with summons that I think is really cool. Like, they transform into them or something. It's unclear how the mechanics really work. But, like, I'm really excited for that, too, because I love the summons. They're some of my favorite things in the games. But they're often you just kind of call them in. You know, in 10, I think it was, you, like, like you know, rode on them. But you still, and you sort of, like, battled as them. But you didn't have, like, free, like, the, the idea of, like, the free open combat, like, in Final Fantasy VII Remake, like, being able to do that as one of the summons, that seems really cool to me, like, Ifrit or Odin. So, yeah, I'm really stoked for it. I, I'm, I'm hoping it's great. I don't know if I'll finish it, because those games tend to be really long, but I'm definitely excited for it. You play Final Fantasy VI, uh, Matt? So, I have. I haven't finished it, though. Um, I was, <laughs> this is, a, I'll make this brief, but I, so Steam allows you to share libraries with friends and family, right? You can join a family and then access each other's games as long as they're not playing it. My friend Mike, who I've known for a very long time, buys games obsessively. So at one point he gave me access to his library to start playing some of those games. And that was one of the first I played. I got all the way up until the point where I guess spoilers for Final Fantasy VI, Kefka ends the world. And I was like, oh, I'm really in it now. 
and then I lost access to the game and we couldn't fix it oh. and the save disappeared. <laughs> And I didn't want to start over. So, but now that they've announced that the Pixel remasters are finally coming to console, I'll probably pick up the pack for the Switch and and play and re finally replay it there. But uh, but I loved what I played of Six. I just never finished it. Okay, I asked because uh, one of the things that stood out to me about Sixteen, why I'm excited, because Six is my favorite Final Fantasy, mm-hmm. and the monster summoning stuff or the the turning into summons in Sixteen, and I was like, oh, that's just an evolution of what you did in Six, because Terra, oh, nice. like that is her right. thing, is that she's a she an transforms, Esper. Yeah. yeah. So I was like, which oh, what all and the it, summons are? So it's like, oh, are all the Six Final Fantasy games that you just <laughs> you just get to do? just turn into the summons but I, I thought that was like a cool little like oh they're evolving that system that's awesome and i didn't know if that was like part of your excitement for 16 based on how you felt about i hadn't six. even thought of that but yeah totally because i loved how the summons worked in six it's one of my favorites besides seven and nine it's like in digimon when <laughs> they finally what was it like season two or three or was it a spinoff where they they turned into the the digimon themselves yeah because i remember i had the little the little like it was essentially like a Tamagotchi for Digimon. And you and yeah, you would walk around and that was from the season where they yeah. they transformed it into them. I think it was Digimon Frontiers, which was like what season was 4. Okay. okay, yeah. Yeah. That sounds right. Uh I am also excited for FF16. Uh as somebody who yeah, we've talked about it. I'm not a Final Fantasy guy, uh but that that trailer, that last trailer really did something inside of me i don't know i don't know what happened but something was stirred <laughs> something was awakened uh my next game is uh mina the hollower hell yeah hey alex wait didn't you do a documentary about that i did and you can go to youtube.com slash game informer to watch it um after after seeing a lot of the behind the scenes of that game it, i mean before that it was already like uh, pretty high on my list but just like Seeing like you know how the sausage is made gave me a greater appreciation um, for that project, and I really can't wait to see like some of the things I saw come to fruition in the full game. So, and I and I just love like top-down Zelda style games, uh, and I've played Mina. The I had to play the demo so many times throughout the editing of the documentary. Uh, like the this, I don't know if it was ever a public demo, but. Back when it first was announced, press got a copy of the demo that was like shown off at G4 for the Kickstarter announcement. Uh, did that ever go public for other people? So they had it because I interviewed Celia actually from Yacht Club okay. who rules awesome. uh, for for my pod when I covered PAX West, and they had it at PAX West. They had a demo. Okay. I don't know if it was the same one, but they had a version of the demo available to the public at PAX West. Okay. Well, yeah, and I had to replay that a bunch while making <laughs> it because um, I'd be like, oh, I need footage for what they're saying here okay um so yeah i i'm excited to play the full release hopefully uh i have no idea when it's coming out but uh i hope it's like early 2023 because i'm ready yeah i'm ready to go i'm a shovel knight super fan so like i'm in oh, on Mina. Yeah. like i loved all of the iterations of shovel knight and i love yacht club so like they announced that game and i was like sure i'll play it whatever it doesn't matter yeah. what it is. <laughs> marcus what's your third entry Let's see. My third entry is Metal Slug Tactics. Ooh, Ooh yeah. I love Metal Slug. Yeah, me too. And I love that Underrated. they gave right. It's because it, when was the last like proper Metal Slug? It's been oh a while because they've, they've done like been I actually don't know what Metal Slug is. If you could explain it to me, Marcus. So they're basically side-scrolling like shoot 'em ups, where uh, usually like military theme. 
uh they were in arcades a lot in the 90s um and yeah it's just got this very cute sort of like pixel art style and highly detailed pixel art style it's like really goofy over the top rambo is maybe the best way to describe it really awesome animations yeah some of the best pixel art of the time i like i think it was kind of like the um what do they call it now like the hi-fi pixel art or whatever like owlboy what's that style yeah i i know you're yeah oh yeah i I forget the name of it but i know what you're talking about yeah it's kind of like references like hi-fi that was like the hi-fi pixel art of that era was metal slug yeah, did you ever play uh, Charles uh, Mercenary Kings? Like an early PS4 indie game back in the day? Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, that one, that game was very uh, Metal Slug inspired. So I was like, maybe that might be a frame of reference. But um, Tactics does the the wild thing of taking a series that is known for just running gun action and translating it into a turn-based tactics game. And that sounds like that should be a disaster, but it looks amazing i mean mm. i'm a turn-based strategy fan too and there's something about like that style just working like it reminds me of gears tactics where at the time you're like huh i never thought yeah. that these two things would you know marry as well as they did but you know wound up being like peanut butter and jelly just perfect fit and i, I think metal slug fits that too like the the art looks fantastic the uh the go- seeing the goofy animations on a grid of like just the explosions and guys bug eye yeah. getting blown up <laughs> and stuff. Wasn't that originally supposed to come out this month? Uh was it this? It was this year. I don't know if it was this month, uh, but it did get. Maybe pushed. I'm thinking um, uh, the other tactical Advance Wars reboot game. Oh, that that was supposed to come out in April. <laughs> oh yeah, that had one a date and everything. One of them was. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I remember December being in my brain for some reason. Yeah, uh, but yeah, it did get pushed out of this year. Uh, this is actually uh, Dottie Mew putting this out, who oh, nice. uh, oh, cool. just recently put out yeah, TMNT Shredders of Revenge, uh, uh, Streets of Rage 4. So, you know, retro style games are definitely up their alley. So that makes it more exciting. But yeah, the trailers, like the soundtrack, just the animation. It, and I just want to chill out on my Switch, just on the couch and just run through this. This looks so fun. I'm I, so excited to see how they marry those two ideas yeah that's rad i can't wait to charles what's your next one um my next entry is assassin's creed mirage um this is the next assassin's creed game um i think there was an assassin's creed showcase is where we saw the first trailer at but um it's advertised as kind of a return to form to like the more like classic assassin's creed formula and I don't know the main character's name. So I didn't, I, I, I'm kind of an, a lapsed Assassin's Creed fan. I, uh, the last game I beat was Syndicate and then Assassin's Creed Origins. I liked, but I didn't make it all the way through. I did not play Odyssey and I did not play Valhalla just not, and not because I thought they were bad games, just because I think I have a specific type of game that I like. And the more I learned about those, I was like, I don't really have, you know, a hundred hours of a game in me right now. Yeah. And this one is is advertised it's going to be shorter. It's going to be more of like the stealth classic assassin action that uh, the older games had. And I'm just excited to kind of revisit that because that was one of my favorite series. Um, I think the first <laughs> the first M rated game my mom let me have uh, was Assassin's Creed three, which is is one of my favorites because it was the first one I played. But yeah. it's not one of the best. <laughs> no, not at all. Did you, um, did you convince her yeah. that it's technically an educational game? 
that was not uh, uh, removed. That was definitely a present thing in my convincing of her to get that game. <laughs> it was actually a thing of like on Christmas Day. Um, it was like the thing I wanted and I, I didn't get it. And at one point I heard someone say Assassin's Creed 3. And I turned around and my aunt had gotten the game from my uncle. Like that was her present. Um, and then later I ended up I ended up getting it around then. But I had to talk my mom into it because I don't think she she knew it was. But yes, Assassin's Creed Mirage. I'm, I'm excited. It, I think it's also a, a prequel. It explains the backstory of one of the characters in Assassin's Creed Valhalla. So there's that connection too. Right. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, I fell off that series after I tried to play three. And like you said, it was not great. And I loved the original run, though. The Ezio trilogy mm-hmm. is some of my favorite games ever. Um, and but then I just after three, I was like, no, thanks. And then I I tried for Origins. Everyone was raving about it. I came back. I got it on sale. It was too big. There was too much to do. And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm good. Check, please. I'll, I'll pass. Mm-hmm. And I kept right. hearing good things about Odyssey and uh, Valhalla. But I just I'm. I think I'm intimidated by games that big now, like because I've yeah. got limited time, um, and they feel to be padded. But if Mirage is actually a, like as tighter as they say it is, it might be worth jumping back. Yeah, I'm excited for it because I I've beaten almost every mainline Assassin's Creed. Wow. Uh, so I yeah I'm a fan. I <laughs> Assassin's Creed Two is one of my favorite games of all time. I adore that game. Um, and I have not finished Valhalla. That came out at a rough time where that came out in the midst of so many other big games like Yakuza cyberpunk of yeah. things and i remember starting it uh just trying for work really and then having to put it down because i was like i can't i can't play this with everything else and i was a little burned down the series i had finished odyssey earlier that year and that game is uh it feels like it never ends <laughs> it's fun but it's a lot so i'm at, i haven't touched it and i've been getting the itch again of like i'm it's been enough time that i haven't played assassin's creed maybe i should go back and finish valhalla since this next one has a tie to it and maybe because this one is going back to sort of the old style, I won't feel fatigued about like, oh, I just finished Valhalla and now there's this because they're like, oh, this is going back to the, the style that I not. I have nothing against the big sort of like witchery style of Assassin's Creed games that came out in recent years. But I am itching to go back to the, you know, pre-Origins era. And I want to see them do that while also applying the lessons maybe of the modern stuff, you know, so. Yeah. Rad. Cool uh, setting too, uh, Baghdad. Excited to see them. Oh, was, I was. I've been trying to figure out. I've been trying to remember where that is supposed to be set. Baghdad. Okay. Cool. Matt, what is your next pick? So my next one is <laughs> it. It involves the most recent thing I've been playing, which is a replay of Control on the PS5. Which let me tell you is one of the prettiest games I've ever seen. But Control got me into Alan Wake, which leads to what I'm excited for for next year, which is the sequel, Alan Wake Two. Um, I played Alan Wake for the first time after Control a couple years ago. And because they were connected, I just became obsessed with the stories. I'm also like, I like Stephen King and I like those kinds of stories and thrillers and stuff. And the the fact that the sequel is going to be more survival horror is interesting. I'm a coward. I feel like we've discussed this before <laughs> as we all share a little bit of that. Uh, but, but I think through the lens of Alan, because Alan Wake 1 was also pretty scary uh, at times, yeah. but... But I'm really excited for the sequel because I, I want to see them delve more into the psychological, especially since it's been confirmed that what happened in Alan Wake is con- connected to all of the lore and control. It just makes this bigger picture that I think is really exciting. And as like an X-Files fan who like grew up watching those kinds of like thriller shows, like I just I'm really all in for this. And the less I know about it, the better. I want to go in completely as, as surprised as possible. Did you, did you play that Alan Wake expansion for Control? I did. 
Um, it wasn't until much later. Uh, it's it's funny. I played Control, then I played Alan Wake on stream, and then I went back for the DLC. Uh, and I loved it. It was great. It kind of closed up some loops in the in Alan Wake, and also directly connected Alan to Jesse, and like they sort of meet. And so it's just it, it just ramps up all of the nonsense that people love about those games. Yeah, I need to finish it. it like I should because I'm wondering if there's anything there that maybe points to what Alan Wake Two is going to be. A little bit. I think it's mostly just kind of tying up Alan Wake a little bit, um, and le- and of course leaving more questions. That's kind of the nature of Control, but I highly recommend it. All the DLC in that game is is really great, and yeah. like the kind of game that I love side missions in because all of them have wacky lore about these random objects and other things. It's so good. It's just so fascinating. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm really stoked for that. I hope. I really hope it's good. I mean, Remedy rarely misses, also, especially lately. So I'm 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 optimistic, but. Uh, uh, definitely excited regardless. Awesome. My next one is Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. Uh, that is the, um, I think Team Reptile is making it. It's the, uh, the game that is heavily inspired by from Jet Set Radio mm-hmm. and Jet Set Radio Future. They've got uh, Hideteki Naganuma coming back, who's the original composer of Jet Set. Um, and yeah, it's... It, it looks like Jetson Radio. Um, that's, <laughs> that's pretty much all I gotta say. Uh, I I used to love Jetset. Uh, Jetset Radio feature was like my first entry when it. I think it didn't it compared with uh, Project Gotham Racing or something. It was like a dual Xbox. pack on the Xbox. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I was playing that and Fusion Frenzy, but man, I and I had no idea. Like, you know, I, I'm a kid, right? I was a teenager. Like, I. I I didn't really understand the themes of, you know, those kind of games. And I think those themes have been like kind of doubled down on in Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. So it seems kind of like, you know, facing off against the authorities and and yeah, kind of just like protecting your home turf and looking out for for your community and all all the while like skating and and grinding and doing tricks and have they confirmed that there's going to be tagging in this game? I'm not sure. That was like a huge component for listeners who don't know. A uh, huge component of the, the first uh, of, of Jet Set Radio. Different series. I, I was going to say the first game. Totally different series. Totally different makers. Um, but like graffiti and tagging and, and that sort of angle was was largely present in Jet Set. So I, I can't wait. Bomb Rush Cyberfunk. That's such a good name. It, it is. is. Such it a is. Bomb name. Rush Cyberfunk. Like. Yeah. I love it. Marcus, what's your uh, fourth pick? Hyper Light Breaker. Oh, this Ooh. is going to be on my list. Yeah. Which is the uh, it's not really sequel to Hyper Light Drifter, mm-hmm. like loosely connected, I guess. Um, in the yeah. same universe. Yeah, in the same universe and a very different style of game, whereas uh, this is a like multiplayer uh 3d action game as opposed to like a top-down zelda thing that hyperlight yeah. drifter was but um i'm a fan of heart machine i love hyperlight drifter i loved solar ash 
Oh, Solar Ash. Oh, that game ruined me when it, when I played it. I missed it last year, and then at the end of the year, uh, one Jesse Vitelli, who's been on the show a bunch, uh, shout out to Jesse, kept raving about it. And I was like, fine, I'll try it. And like the whole ending of that game is just the, one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. It's just so brilliant oh. and made me a huge fan of Heart Machine. So I'm excited for this one, too. Man, maybe I need to play Solar Ash over the break. You I really wrote a feature do. basically saying that uh, Solar Ash is the best 3D Sonic game ever made. <laughs> like it, yes. It's literally the template of what they should. Sega should be doing if they yeah. want to do high speed three platformers. <laughs> um, yep. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, Heart Machine two and zero for me. I'm psyched about this. I think the the art direction looks fantastic in a uh, Hyperlight Breaker. Not a ton of details out there about it. He hasn't like you know Pre- Alex Preston had that big sort of like coming out party for the game, but has been quiet about it. It's supposed to go into early access next year. I don't know if it'll go 1.0 next year or not. Knowing Alex, we probably won't know until like the month it comes out. He he keeps things pretty close to the vest. I'm curious being partnered with Gearbox Publishing now, how that may change it. Uh, That's right. Because Hard Machine now is partnered with Gearbox. It's still so weird to say that Gearbox is publishing other studios games it's just interesting to me uh, but yeah, yeah i'm curious yeah. if that'll affect like the lead up to it or not yeah uh hopefully it just means that you know just more money more resources yeah. you know more polished product not that their previous games haven't been polished uh but yeah i i i think this is one of the biggest or maybe like one of the most intriguing games of the year of like this and it, but it also feels like it's being slept on a little bit it does feel know? that way i feel like heart machine in general their releases have an air of being slept on you know what i mean yeah like even hyperlight drifter i felt like i know a lot of people who still who who would who play indie games who still haven't played that game i'm one of them i still haven't played it yeah oh i just God. bought it and i, I haven't know. played it i know it's just yeah. it's my next steam deck game i already have it okay. installed okay. so maybe maybe during the break such a great soundtrack hyperlight drifter I think for Solar Ash, because that came out in December last year. So, mm-hmm. like, it was, like, at the tail end of, like, everyone's doing their goatee stuff. And we had to, like, even for us, I had to, like, write an editor pick to get it in the magazine. I was like, no, 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 this is really good. <laughs> <laughs> we got to acknowledge this. Uh, so, yeah, hopefully maybe this will come out at a, I don't know, if it's good, a better time of year where it's not overshadowed by something. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll see. Awesome. Cool. Charles, what's your fourth pick? My fourth pick is a little game called suicide squad kill the justice league i am a huge rocksteady fan i love the arkham games and they i think it's been like seven years since but batman arkham knight i guess it'll it'll have been eight years because arkham knight came out in 2015 yeah um, it's wild to think it's been that oh my long. God. yeah yeah i just i just really really like those games and to be honest like the the pitch for suicide squad kill the justice league like a co-op shooter isn't something i'm particularly interested in but i like rocksteady and the suicide squad enough that i think that'll be enough to like get me really into it and then we just got that trail at the game awards it says uh, kevin conroy recorded his performance for batman before he passed away um which is like cool that that'll still be in there because he was you know rocksteady's batman and yeah this is this is just a game where i feel like i don't know there's been maybe four or five trailers for and every time i just like want to see more i want to play this game (laughs) you could make a like dangling a carrot on a stick but for me just suicide squad killed the justice league and i'll I'll chase it forever do you guys have the same like i was already excited for this game because i love like i said rocksteady and uh, i I like comics in general but like something about gotham knights not doing it 
all the way yeah. has like increased my hunger for this game. Yes. 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 Like, whereas before I was kind of like, oh yeah, I'm excited, but I can wait for it. We got Gotham Knights. It'll hold me over. And now that like, cause I've not really played a ton of it. Yeah. Now I'm just like, okay, this really needs to be good now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah. It, because they were announced like on uh, the same time, I think yeah. like around mm-hmm. the same time. And it, it, the first Gotham Knights trailer seemed like it was going to be like, that was the Arkham thing. And now this is the departure. And then this was more of a departure than I think originally I thought it would be. Yeah, Suicide Squad was announced first, too. Was it? Correctly, yeah. Wild. Yeah. I don't know if I'm yeah. emotionally ready to hear Kevin Conroy's final performance. Like, that guy is my Batman. And, like, oh, yeah. He, like, that cartoon is the reason I like Batman. Like, I liked the comics as a kid, but, like, that cartoon really set me on the path to being a really big comic book nerd and Batman fan. And, like, you're going to be killing him in that game too which is like <laughs> yeah. something to think about a little but i i'm i'm stoked i i want to kill things as as king shark like i love that character now he's been in so many different great adaptations and so I, i'm hooked i'm and you like you said charles like rock said he doesn't miss even their less good games are still great games so yeah it's i've said it on the show before but like that premise lives or dies on like if you actually killed a just league like i'm really hoping they don't like chicken out of that <laughs> yeah <laughs> but but that was before i found out that kevin conroy would be batman you're yeah. like oh dang it <laughs> so, but what if he slips away maybe right. yeah exactly <laughs> but, yeah <laughs> uh who's next matt yes my fourth pick is jedi a uh, star wars jedi survivor i was trying to remember the how the order of events yeah went. yeah the order of <laughs> operations came out of a video game name generator <laughs> yeah when so i i bought jedi fallen order when it came out because i'm a star wars nerd and like i devour all star wars i am i don't complain i'm not like oh this isn't my star wars i like all of it. are you a real fan if you don't complain right i know uh like i loved boba fett everyone else hated that show i thought it was the best thing ever i also really love boba fett i bought him day one in Fortnite. alex remembers yeah together like (laughs) we did but yeah so when the trailer for this came out i immediately installed it the PS5 version because I hadn't played the upgrade yet and replayed the entire game. Like, I'm so hyped for this. I actually like Cal Kestis as a character. I think, yeah, he was a little cookie cutter in the first one, but there's some real opportunity to make him much more filled out in this new story. Also, BD-1 is one of the best droids ever introduced into the Star Wars canon. Fight me. Uh, I will (laughs) die by that. Um, But it just looks really cool. And, like, they made a big deal. The developers were like, this is a different game. Like... The last one was kind of a Dark Souls-like action-adventure game. This one is going to be more about survival. And I'm curious what that means, right? Because the Dark Souls games are also often about survival in the most brutal of ways. And so I'm curious how they're pivoting, if at all, with the gameplay to make it a little more intense. Uh, but I'm a, I think it looks really cool. And like I said, I'm a sucker for good Star Wars stuff. So I'm ready to dive in. Maybe this time you have a degrading lightsaber. And you have to keep replacing it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> like it just flickers off during the fight. You have to fight. keep like, like polishing Damn it. it. <laughs> that would be so stressful. Keep replacing wasn't, the kyber crystals. Wasn't there a game like a... a PS3 or PS4 game where you had to like shake the controller to get the batteries oh, the, and the flashlight. No, no More Heroes um, was like a lightsaber game where you had to like shake the lightsaber to oh. to reignite <laughs> I mean, it. I was thinking of like it's like a dark like it's dark it's hard to see and you have to shake the controller to like rattle the flashlight to I can't remember what it is that's what I'm thinking of. Did Luigi's here, Mansion like, 3 do that? Oh 
Maybe I, I played it. I play everything handheld mode, so I I never have to deal with motion control. I know what you're talking about. Oh man, I, it might Wasn't it like a PS4 game, like with the. I'm trying not to confuse it with Infamous Second Son, where you have to shake it for the spray cam, but it was something oh, like yeah. that yeah. same sensation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this is gonna bother me now. <laughs> yeah. Why did you bring this upon us? <laughs> well, uh, if that's what the lightsaber is like, you have to stop mid combat, like hide around a corner, like come on, buddy, work. Um, yeah, that'd be <laughs> hit so an active reload. <laughs> Put more crystals in. Like, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I uh, Matt on on the note of just you know Star Wars fans, I feel like there's often the thing of like, okay, we got it, enough lightsabers. I want to see the rest of Star Wars, and I'm like, nah, man, give me more lightsabers. <laughs> this, the last game really sated my hunger for lightsabers and colors and types of lightsabers. Yeah, oh so yeah. If this game is anything like that, I'm I'm all in. I hope they add more colors. Me too. Yes, more colors. I want a black lightsaber. Give me dual mm. tone. Mm. You know, I want it to go from yeah. orange to blue, you know? Oh, what if cool. it could, like, change colors? Like, it just was on a setting where it just goes from RGB. red to green. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say the last. If you 100% the game, you get an RGB slider for your lightsaber. Yeah. Why That's not? Awesome. Did, uh, real quick, I, I meant to go rewatch the trailer because I saw someone say that it looks like you got the cross, like, Kylo Ren's cross hilt as you an do. attachment. Yeah, one of okay, the kinds you can get is the cross hilt, yeah. That's wild. That is wild. I just because like these games are lightsaber. These games are ostensibly canon, yes, and I thought are. that in the fiction, the reason his Kylo Ren had that was that it was like so intense that those are actually exhaust ports that mm-hmm. just happen to be functional. So it's like I mean, they never say that he's the only one who has it. They just say that's why he has it. So. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Also, it's Star Wars. They can make it up as they go along, I guess. <laughs> he found Cal's blueprint for it, and he's like, oh, I can, that I seems like a good this. idea. <laughs> my last pick, not my last pick, my second to last pick, I'm sorry, uh, is Redfall. Uh, I am a, as everybody knows, I love arcane games. This is a bit of a departure, which I said about Deathloop, uh, and I turned out being my game of the year. So this is, this seems more... It seems like the most mainstream style of game that they've worked on in a while. Um, it's like a four-person shooter, uh, co-op shooter, and you know you are going through what Redfall, Massachusetts, right? And uh, you know taking out vampires that have like taken over this city, and you know everybody's got their their loadouts and their special abilities. I, I I've said it many times. I think this is going to have the least amount of probably immersive sim elements um, to it. Um, But that's like their style of game. Like, you know, everything is kind of moving on its own clock and you can kind of uh, poke and prod to see what happens. That's like their signature style. Uh, So I'm curious if how you do that in like a a multiplayer, like four person multiplayer environment, or if it's more so just like standard, like, okay, we're we're running and gunning, right? So I feel like they've kind of... Haven't they been pretty adamant about, like, no, 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 this is still pretty immersive semi? They have. They have, yeah. I'm curious how that's going to work multiplayer. And, like, also, though, I love a hero shooter, uh, as Alex can attest to. And, like, yeah. Yeah, having a character that has their own personality and abilities in an arcane game, like, the, all, those are always great. Like, I didn't love Deathloop, but the characters in Deathloop were incredible. It was just not my style of game. I was also very bad at it. But, like, <laughs> all of the characters were amazing, and that's, like, the best thing Arcane does is the writing and the characters. And so, like, I think if that's really good, I'll tolerate whatever else this game throws at me. But it sounds like it's a really interesting concept. And I don't know of any other multiplayer immersive sims, so 
Like that's yeah. also kind of exciting to me. I'm excited that they, I think the last time they really brought this game out, they sort of reiterated that yes, it's multiplayer, but this is also like, you can play this entirely single player and mm-hmm. that it's not like, you're like, this is an open world immersive sim game that you can play with other people, but you don't have to. Right. You know, as antisocial yeah. as that sounds, I like that <laughs> they kind of emphasize like you can still treat this as like a single player arcane game if you want to. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. And I might I might do that. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> like I definitely want to play with other people to see, like you said, Matt, how that how those systems work with like multiple players. Uh whether or not I'll stick with that, I guess it depends on how fun that winds up being. I'm interested now now that we're talking about it realizing like i wonder what the level of overlap between this and suicide squad would be like gameplay wise because it's both four player co-op shooter different characters with different abilities i don't think it's gonna suicide squad is gonna be a sim but i think these games are coming out redfall is like first half of 2023 suicide squad's like may so i'm slightly curious of i don't know like if it's gonna be weird to play both one before the other yeah Yeah. just just the comparisons that'll come from that hopefully one of them is weird enough that they're distinct (laughs) yeah Yeah. like i think of the games coming out next year those two have a good likelihood of being weird for sure i mean one of them has a talking shark that's true that's true (laughs) and then there's also suicide squad (laughs) yeah Uh, marcus what is your last pick it's kind of in line uh, with you, uh, uh, Alex, with another Microsoft Game Studios exclusive, but it sold Starfield. Yeah. yeah. The game that was supposed to come out two days after my birthday this year, and then Bethesda said, nah, we'll just ruin that for you. We'll, we'll push it next year. Yeah, you know, it's weird because um, I feel like I've, I, oh, not even feel like, I know I've said previously that I want to play this, but I'm I'm still like cautiously optimistic. And that still stands in the sense that, like, at least what we've seen so far, it's like, okay, this is a Bethesda game, but in space, which is what I expected. But also, I really hope it's not just that. I hope they do something really big and fresh, you know, and not just have the same general thing that they've done. As much as I love those games, like, I love Elder Scrolls, I love Fallout, I I will always be down for, like, the next big Bethesda thing, which is why I'm excited for this. But I think the the potential of like, okay, there's they're they're gonna do something wild here, right? Like I know we've seen like the sort of no man's sky looking stuff, which, you know, isn't new, but you're like, all right, I maybe they'll do a fun twist with that, or maybe the wildest stuff in this game they haven't showed us yet, right? Because this game's gonna be like the forever video games with all the like bajillion planets <laughs> that they yeah. have in the game and stuff of like, well, I guess we're just never gonna stop playing this game it sounds like (laughs) that's what's given me anxiety is like i love open world games but like i said like i prefer tighter shorter experiences because i just don't have time and like the idea of something bigger than elder scroll skyrim (laughs) just sets off my anxiety i'm like how will i ever do all of this it's like is skyrim like one planet in this game right is that (laughs) (laughs) multiple skyrims that you could travel (laughs) skyrim sounds more like a space game than a fantasy game that's true is it the sky, the sky it does yeah in it the word good sky. alternate name for the sky the and rim ring. you know it reminds me of like saturn yeah, yeah. skyrim there's, there's no rule saying dragons can't be in space that's true whoa that's you true make, you make a good point marcus yeah i don't believe it <laughs> <laughs> um, Thanks, dragon mm. i think I, what 
Another Doesn't sound realistic to me. <laughs> Ever heard of this thing called the Ender Dragon, Alex? Oh my god, I have. Yeah, so maybe think before you speak next Yeah, time. you just mind-tested wow. me. Oh man. Laying down a wall. Um, I think this is an interesting thing because Bethesda did Fallout 4 and then Fallout 76 and then it's going to be this. And I feel like they, at least when Fallout 4 came out, kind of had the crown of one of the best game developers, at least from, from my understanding of like, they made a lot of these like legendary games and not to say that they have lost the crown, but I feel like they kind of have to justify so long of a gap. And I feel like this game has a lot to live up to. And I hope it does live up to that, but I think it puts them in, in kind of an awkward position where there's a lot of pressure on them. Yeah. No, I, even before, like obviously fallout 76 famous disaster at launch, but even before that fallout four, was liked but it the general vibe was like this is fine like yeah. it didn't feel like mm-hmm. the next skyrim you yeah. know and i feel like it's been a, like pretty much since skyrim where they had that like industry changing video game and this I, I think some of the excitement is that maybe this will be that for them again we'll see but yeah it, it's like it's hard not to be at the very least just extremely curious about what this turns out being and it's th- it's wild to think that this is going to be a game pass game at launch yeah, oh, yeah. that's Man. the thing that gets me through is like i may not have to pay a dollar for this because i'm paying other dollars but like you know what i mean yeah just uh, uh, infinite skyrims just right there to download you know what i hope they do if i was on that team is that they should have a planet that it's literally just skyrim yeah like you land there and it's just like you're just in skyrim oh, and you just gosh. play that whole if you could play the whole game that'd be amazing i love it charles what's your last one spider-man 2 yeah i want to play spider-man Woo! 2 i want it so bad spider-man Insomniac Spider-Man was the reason I bought a PlayStation 4. I, like, was so excited for this first Spider-Man. I had, like, dreams about web swinging leading up to it. <laughs> That's like, the best dream I, ever. It yeah. is. It was a great dream. <laughs> I, um, another, another like, Assassin's Creed 3-esque example of when I was a kid, the Spider-Man game I played a lot was Spider-Man Web of Shadows, which is not a good video game. Oh, <laughs> you can, but you can bad. swing around this Spider-Man yeah. on the Wii, and that was enough for, for good... You know, oh, you played the Charles Wii version. There. That's even worse. Oh, yeah. yeah. That was enough for my personal <laughs> suffering. Well, you could swing, but you guys yeah, don't understand because you swing it and then he swings and I was nine. <laughs> did you, how many times did you throw the, the Wiimote? Uh, I was, I'm not a particularly aggressive Wii player. Okay. So I, I never did. At least you I don't the think wrist so. Strap. I, oh, I also, I'm, I'm a wrist strap type. Like something to know about me as a person is I always <laughs> put the wrist strap on. It says um, a lot about you. It really does. <laughs> um, anyways, Spider-Man Web of Shadows. One of the best things about it is you can switch between the red suit and the black suit. And now in this one, we saw like in the one teaser, which I've seen probably three dozen times, Venom pops up at the very end. And it's like, yo, are we going to get red suit, black suit action? Miles and Peter are in this game. Yeah. And I, my hot take is I liked Miles Morales more than the original game, both of which are like two of my favorite games ever. So any fusion of that is just like 
I I can't I I can't I, I really can't emphasize how much I'm excited for this game. I saved this one for last for good reason. It's I I I still say that that first game was one of the best Spider-Man stories ever written. The way they wrote Doc Ock, oh. especially. Um, mm-hmm. I'm a diehard Venom fan. I champion those two terrible movies to hell and back. <laughs> they are so much fun. But the fact that we have the Candyman himself doing the voice of Venom is wild. Um, I've been lucky enough to chat with Yuri a couple of times, and I've never met a man more excited to be the voice of Spider-Man than Yuri Lowenthal. And so just the fact that we're getting another one with this incredible cast and this incredible story writing team, it's just going to be bonkers. I mean, a little bit I want to play as Venom, though, too, because like I loved Ultimate Spider-Man on PS2 where you got to run around the city. Yeah, that was amazing. And like, I I hope we get to, but probably not. He's probably the big bad. But like, yeah, it looks amazing. I can't wait to play that game. Same. I'm a huge Spider-Man <laughs> fan, so I adore those two Asomnia games. And uh, I like. I just want to know the big question is like, do they do multiplayer, or are you going to be switching between Miles and them like at will, or during uh, like story stuff, like I guess in the first Spider-Man game? Like, I just want to know how they juggle those two characters, especially because they have different, you know, powers or yeah. you know, abilities. Yeah. Uh, so, like, how do they balance the game around that? Because uh, otherwise, like objectively, Miles is better because yes. he can turn invisible and yes. the Venom Blast and stuff. Yeah, I I can't wait. I'm so excited. And they, they just recently said it was going to be fall. Yeah. Yeah. So mm-hmm. oh, I can't wait, too. Uh, I'm very eager to play it. Well, my last pick. No, it's Matt. Right? Rude. Matt. Just skipping sorry, right over. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> it's because you said you liked Venom. And I know. He's like, oh, yeah, you're very enthusiastic about those movies. <laughs> I am. No, Alex knows. I talk about it way too much in several group chats. Um, but no, my my uh, my final pick is the one I'm most excited for for next year, and it's on the smaller scale, representing the indies. I know Jill out there somewhere is really excited. Yeah. Um, but it's Sea of Stars. Um, I am a yeah. huge JRPG nerd, and The Messenger is one of the best indie games ever made. And that te- that writing team is great. Like the story was incredible, fourth wall breaking, and like I love the Ninja Gaiden esque like combat and and platforming, and the fact that that same team is doing a JRPG turn based that is in the same world like it is impossible for me to be more excited for a game than that except maybe mina as we said earlier but like uh sabotage studios has become one of my favorite developers and like i i cannot wait for that game and the more like they keep releasing these snippets of videos of like combat and traversal and characters and every time i'm just hungry for more i'm ravenous for it i love it's like it's going to be the perfect switch game right like and that's I've talked about this on the show before. Like, I love handheld gaming, and like, if I can just settle in on my couch with the Switch and a good JRPG, like, that's golden for me. So, yeah, this one I'm really stoked for. Also, because it's a new IP. Like, JRPGs often are part of long lineages right now. I said one of my favorite for the year for next year is Octopath Traveler, which is now part of a series. Um, and so, I'm I'm excited for a new IP JRPG that's in the indie space because I think they've done some of the coolest JRPG things because they're always a little more experimental or a little more different so yeah i'm really stoked i think it. the the world design is what has really uh kind of captivated me mm-hmm. i'm not a jrpg f- fan traditionally um but yeah just like seeing all the screens from that game uh the animation the you know just like these again like the detail that they've that they've kind of like the messenger was very detailed but like this is on a whole nother scale mm-hmm. like i think they also look like they like you know, are using bigger, you know, more sprites per tile. I could be wrong, but it looks just like highly detailed. I'm, I'm like, I don't know how y'all are getting this game made like this quickly. 
because like relatively what it was announced like what two years ago i think so yeah yeah and yeah just it looks so pretty i can't wait to play it yeah i'm excited for the writing because if you yes. remember when the messenger was coming out the trailers of like they were pretty they play it pretty straight mm-hmm. and then you play that game and you realize like it, it does not take itself that seriously and it's pretty goofy yeah. and they're doing the same thing with sea of stars which makes me i'm there's no way there isn't some big like either tonal shift or just something after coming off of the messenger and especially because they're in the same universe so yeah so see what they've got up their sleeves there yeah awesome well my last one uh is it was between this and diablo but i went with this uh because it's been a while since i've played um a game from larian studios yeah uh but baldur's gate 3 is my uh last pick i really loved like the and i i picked this also because i know matt uh shared on twitter recently uh, they had like a party with a couple of people and it reminded me of like playing divinity original sin 2 and what 2017 um 2018 yeah something like that something like that and how unique of an experience that was playing through uh, i never finished it but like i played through the campaign several times like uh, several different sessions with different several different people and the reason i never finished it was because a friend would be like Hey, I kind of want to play Divinity Original Sin. I'd be like, I'll make a character with you, and we can we can play. Um, and yeah, I just love seeing your tweets the other day, Matt. Like of like each of you had your own story uh, and personality with your characters, and they're all woven together. And it just reminded me of how much I loved Divinity Original Sin too. I've never play a, played a Baldur's Gate game, so that's also cool. And I'm excited to play a druid hopefully we'll see hell yeah yeah i i i did the same thing alex i had never I, the reason it took me this long to finish it is a we were doing weekly like one and a half to two hour sessions and so you can't get a ton done in divinity in a couple of hours like you need more time than that but also like i i would play with friends every time they wanted to start a new campaign i'm like oh, i'll make a character let's do it but yeah i i i was excited for boulders gate 3 now i'm more excited because i finished divinity and loved it so much what has me excited, and I'm curious what you think, Alex. Like, it seems like the Baldur's Gate is going to be more story driven. Like, there's yeah. story in Divinity, but like, this is going to be really zoomed in. You meet the characters, like, there are cutscenes. Feels more. The lighting and the character models, too, look awesome. Incredible. Like, I think it's going to be more Mass Effect y in the fact that, like, you're going to make choices and, like, there's going to be a lot of impact on the story in a much bigger personal way for the character. I, I, are you excited about, like, that kind of more, like, zoomed in? like storytelling i think so yeah i think that's like one of the things that i wished i could do in uh divinity was kind of get an up i mean yeah you can scroll in you can like zoom in on your character but it's different like Baldur's gate it's like intentionally that way like you're getting you know the over the shoulder over the shoulder looks in the conversations and i think it's um it's just a different presentation style and yeah again i haven't played any of those games and so i'm very curious like what the world is like and um and i've seen like some people play like early access stuff and like the environments looked like really neat um so yeah i can't wait for Baldur's gate very excited that that game that game has the the D mechanics right mm-hmm. D esque at least yeah. yep i i'm just a the last like two years I've become just fully obsessed with Dungeons and Dragons and knowing now that there's a, <laughs> I'm also always the DM. So I'm like facilitating the oh, game. So wow. I don't get to play the characters. And so now a version where I can 
do some some type of character play with mechanics I'm familiar with. I'm very excited. I know there was in Divinity Originals and too, there was a dungeon master mode. Um, I believe where you could make campaigns with the game. Um, I, w- I wish you hadn't told me that, Alex. Yeah. <laughs> I have other things to do. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, okay. they did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But cool. That well, that those are our most anticipated games of 2023. Uh, we did have a few people write in to the show with uh, their submissions from the Discord. Um, the official Game Informer official community Discord, which you can get access to by subscribing to us once on twitch.tv slash Game Informer. Legend of Gamer asks, my most anticipated is Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom, for sure. I'm taking off work for that one. A more obscure one would be Theater Rhythm. I really enjoy those games and the sheer amount of music in the next one is going to keep me busy for a long time. I haven't heard of Theater Rhythm. Uh, it's uh, the Final Fantasy rhythm game. Oh, uh, okay. Then they, I, I know that. They is. did one that I think was a port last time, but this, I think, is a brand new one. I think that's right. It's like oh, the cool. first new one in a while. Yeah. And like Melody yeah. Memory, I think, was the same team, I want to say. Oh, the Kingdom Hearts thing? Yeah, I think so. But like, yeah, it's another, it's a Final Fantasy rhythm game, and it's going to have like every game's soundtrack or something like it. Like, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of songs. Wow. That's you know, I've lot. never taken <laughs> off work for a game release. Oh, every time I, I, so every time I hear times. that, I always think like, I've, how come I've never done that? I usually just not as an adult. I've done it as like a college student, like taking off of my day job. But like, I never when did as an Breath adult. of the Wild came out, I worked in like a double tier cubicle, so like nobody could see, nobody could look over <laughs> your thing, uh-huh. and I was in like a row of like these massive cubicles. So the only way somebody would see me playing games on my Switch. Uh, specifically Breath of the Wild, was if they walked directly by my desk. And so I probably put like 20 hours into Breath of the Wild <laughs> at my work. That was the job I got laid off from <laughs> later that year. So like we, we know about your we know about your gaming band agent. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I, I, I don't endorse it unless you can get away with it. <laughs> and I did. And I loved it. It was so much fun. Again, like 20 hours probably over the course of a month, right? Like yeah. I'd play on my breaks and then so, maybe my breaks would go a little long, you know? Okay. We're not your boss, Alex. You don't yeah. have to justify that. Yeah, okay. yeah, but my boss will listen to this. <laughs> That's true. Your boss but I mean, I, I'm supposed to play games now, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we, we get mad palatable. if you don't do it enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got to get my numbers up. So, uh, yeah. I, I don't, but I don't know if I've taken off. I did as a kid. Like I would skip yeah. school for like Halo. Yeah, I, I didn't even do mm. that. I, oh, I, I guess like when I worked part, like when I worked retail, I took off. Yeah, for probably like Halo Reach. Yeah, I think I did that for Mass Effect Two. I took like I was working some retail job, and I took mm. a couple days off and just mainlined that game. I was in college when Arkham City came out, and the day it came out, we had class, and thankfully I went to game design college because everyone would, you know, everyone was in the know, and like that morning, our professor just said. Yeah, I know you guys just want to play Arkham City, so like, you <laughs> classes dismissed because you guys aren't going to pay attention anyway. Go home and play Arkham that. City. That's awesome. And that is exactly what I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's rad. I'm young enough that I have a, a number of times I would. The Switch came out like when I was a junior in high school. So old. I'm so and so old. I, <laughs> I would play play my Switch during study hall, and I remember specifically like Breath of the Wild came out. And we only had one switch, but me and my brother both went to the same high school. And it was like a trade-off thing of, <laughs> um, 
we had to like battle over who would get it for the day. Um, and I, I actually remember there was one time I probably shouldn't have been doing this, but I, was, I played uh, Bayonetta one in my study hall and it was on the switch. So it was like, fine. Um, but my teacher came up one time and he was like, what are you playing? <laughs> and I was like, Oh, it's this game called Bayonetta. And he's like, Oh, I played that game and I hate it. I was like, Oh, okay. Well, you're f- and now I hate you because <laughs> you like it and-, and you're suspended now. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the next question is from Zachary Pliggy. Zachary asks, Tekken 8 and Street Fighter 6 are my most anticipated. Give me those new fighters. Yeah, I think Street Fighter 6 is really high for me. Yeah. Looks good. Yeah, both of those are high for me. I, yeah, I, yeah. I, I love both series. That, I didn't know Pliggy was a fighting game person. I guess so. I feel like next year is going to be a, a really great year for fighting games. And like pulling in... Maybe people who have like been lapsed fans for a while or, well, I feel like I don't really know many lapsed fighting game fans. Like you're kind of in or you're not, it feels like, with that genre. Maybe casual fans. Yeah, I mean, that's the better Street Fighter, way. I feel like a lot of people really didn't like 5 as much as 4, though. So I feel like lapsed is fair for Street Fighter, at least. That's, yeah. yeah. I feel like 6 is bringing a lot of people back who kind of jumped ship when they didn't like 5. I'm one of them. I adore yeah, Street same. Fighter and I played the crap out of I barely played five. Same. Yeah. Mm. Well, plug, if you are excited for Street Fighter Six, uh, head over to the YouTube channel. I just uploaded a video. Actually, it's already up by the time you're watching this for sure. Uh, we took uh Nakiyama san, director of Street Fighter Six, and uh Matsumoto Shuhei, um, to uh who's the producer of Street Fighter Six to an arcade. The very arcade that um Nakayama-san's uh, first job at, on the Street Fighter team was delivering uh, an updated hard drive uh, for Ultra Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition, or just it's just Ultra Street Fighter 4, um, to that, that arcade. So we went to that arcade. We played a bunch of Street Fighter. It's like a vlog sort of thing. Uh, so go and watch that over on YouTube.com slash Game Informer. Uh, but we have one last write-in from Judonka Donk, who asks... My most anticipated games are actually the PS5 games coming to PC, like Returnal. My question is based on the Game Awards from something I noticed. Do you think trailers for the games do them a disservice? I find the games that string together a bunch of random cut clips, looking at you, Square Enix, dampens my anticipation because it feels very noisy without clear expectations for the game or story. I mean, I, I think like the the trailer, the, the, the role for a trailer is to get you intrigued for something. And so if you are given all of the answers, I actually, I think I might disagree with you, Judonka Donk. Uh, in most cases, I don't want those answers. I like the, I like the feeling, like the chaotic feeling a little bit because the purpose of the movie is to, you know, be orderly, right? And to, you know, tell you a story. And I I don't want to go and spoil, but I want, I want to see what, you know, I want to see a glimpse of the movie or the game. So it's like the the kind of like rapid fire montages kind of work for me. It's like, okay, I get it. Like there's, there's some action in here. Okay. I'm seeing some of the story. Oh, is that person like mad at that person? Okay. Yeah. I think I've got like a general idea and you know, the movie itself can like play with my expectations and uh, maybe maybe it'll match my expectations or, you know, subvert them. Um, But yeah, I kind of like trailers like that. What do you all think? I mean, I think, 
I mean, ultimately, trailers are marketing, right? Like, whether no matter what we say, that's their purpose for both movies and video games. But I, I kind of agree with Alex. Like, I don't want to know the narrative from the trailer. Um, I want to. I want to know the. Mecha- I want to know the gameplay from the trailer, which we don't always get. But like, I want to. I want to see something that's going to interest me. You know, I think some of the reason I played Three Houses is because the trailer looked so interesting, and I'd never played a Fire Emblem game, and so I was like, oh, I got to see this trailer now. I want to play. So yeah, I'm. I'm. But I can get like it's a personal thing, right? Like I know people who don't watch any tr- movie trailers because they don't want to know anything about the movies they're going to, especially like Marvel movies. And I get that too, right? Like you want to be completely surprised. I feel like that's harder with games though because it's a larger investment. You're spending yeah like twenty to thirty seventy dollars yeah, and it's a lot of money too. Uh, although movies are getting pretty expensive, so like <laughs> they're catching up. But yeah, I think that I'd want to know what I'm getting into with a video game more so than a movie. I feel like it's case by case with me. I feel like my standards change depending if it's like an established series or a sequel. To where I, <clears throat> depending on what it is, I want to know more or less. If it's like a sequel. Then it's like, okay, I probably know what this is going to be. I'm excited that there's going to be another one, especially if it's one like, uh, I really like this series. But usually for new IPs or where I'm a little bit more um, critical, like I like the big sort of like 30 second CG thing that basically shows nothing but like a title is kind of annoying. You're like, yeah, I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, you're like, that's not even like mood setting. It's like, <laughs> it's just like, hey, this is a thing that's happening. You're like, I don't know what. It is. I don't know if I should be excited. So, yeah, less of that would always be nice. I think that like that Transformers trailer, the Game Awards was probably one where it's like, I think that I think we all kind of agree that that game maybe did that game of the service, that trailer. Yeah, yeah uh, especially for something like Transformers. Right. It's like you should probably just show the thing that everybody likes about Transformers, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> which is them transforming and doing cool stuff. Uh, <laughs> but yeah by and large like gameplay obviously it doesn't have to be a complete gameplay trailer but i'm always i would always prefer like if you just show like a snippet whatever you can show to give you like some idea of what this really looks like is always appreciated yeah um but just just don't give me those like 30 second here's the title screen and maybe a a close-up shot of an eyeball or something (laughs) i i think like some of the best trailers are like like a good nintendo first party trailer like that tears of the kingdom trailer is awesome because you get some gameplay and some just like world setting kind of stuff my pet peeve is like everyone's been alluding to this but like if if a trailer is just like a three minute cutscene from the game where it's like one i don't have really the level of patience to sit through the cutscene for a game I haven't started yet, especially if it's like not one I have all the, the, the context for. And I had another point and I don't remember what it was. I just want to, I just want to see gameplay, I guess, I guess, but I, also not too much gameplay. I do think it's, it's really hard with games cause you really want a balance. I also think for smaller games, I think it's probably proportional to how big the game is, how much I want to know going in. So for like, a great example of this kind of backfiring, um, the game What Remains of Edith Finch. I oh, don't yeah. know anything about it, but I know it's awesome and that it's short. So I have deliberately avoided learning any detail about the game. As a result, I keep putting off playing it because <laughs> I, I don't really know anything about it. But I'm like, OK, well, I got to play, you know, whatever the new hot game is. Uh, so hopefully I play the game soon. But 
Um, I'm glad I don't know anything about it because I do think it still sounds like a good idea to go in blind, but I would never do that with like, you know, a Final Fantasy or like a Xenoblade or something like that, right? At least want to know the premise before committing myself. That's fair. Well, thank you all for for joining me for this episode of the show. I think that's going to do it. That's the end of our questions. Uh, Donk Donk, Zachary, Legend of Gamer, thanks for writing in, y'all. Appreciate your perspectives and sharing what you think about about games and helping to inform our conversation. Um, if again, if you enjoyed this episode of the show, go and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate it. Uh, follow everybody here on social media. Uh, you can follow uh, Marcus at Marcus Stewart Seven. You can follow Charles at Chuck Duck Three Six Five. You can follow Matt at DJ Underscore Stormageddon. Correct. And you can follow me at It's Van Aiken. Um, Matt. Go ahead and plug all your stuff. Where can people go and listen to your podcasts and and hear more uh, about you and from you? Oh, well, thanks. So anywhere, literally anywhere, my podcasts are available on every platform. Uh, but uh, the one that I think most worth folks' time who are here is Funny Games, which is a podcast I do with my incredible co-host Jeff Moonen. We talk about the latest and greatest in gaming. Uh, in the first week of January, we'll be doing our Game of the Year talk. We like to wait till the new year and kind of fully reflect. Although we recorded in advance, so it hardly matters. But anyway, uh, I think that would be the most fun. And then also I have a video game podcast called Reignite, which as to this point when you're listening has been about Mass Effect and a Mass Effect retrospective all the way through Andromeda. However, we just finished Andromeda, so we will be moving on to possibly another Bioware franchise. So Mm. if that is interesting, you may want to check that out. Um, And then, But also, if you don't want to remember any of that, just go to djstormageddon.com. Everything's there. My my merch, my Kofi, my my all my podcasts including a link to this very show that i edit awesome well great everybody go and show some support to matt and i think that's going to do it for the week i think that is a game informer show what episode 635 four i, think so. oh, I thought this was four. this is six oh yeah this is 634 you're right I'm sorry. I've I've got <laughs> I'm planning two podcasts right now. This is 634 going up this week. See you next time. Bye. Bye.